Hi and welcome to the We Are Zion Sermon Podcast. We are a local church based here in Chennai, India. I'm Christine, your host. We are so glad you are here and our hope is that this will encourage, inspire and instill fresh faith in you. We continue with our series, Herd Immunity. Here's Pastor Geshom sharing today's message. Hi Church, it's such a joy and a privilege to meet with you again in this online experience. And I'm just grateful that I get to share God's word with you. And even today as we uh, step into this series that we've been seeing over the last eight weeks, Herd Immunity, we've come to the final uh, part of the series. And even as we step into the series, my prayer is that we'll be able to take all that we've listened to and um, made notes of and started practicing in our lives with regard to this herd immunity and apply it and so that God will be able to lead us, lead us so that we won't do this journey alone, that we'll be able to journey along with others, that we won't be in isolation, even as uh, most of us uh, are in isolation right now, we've not been able to meet anyone, but that we'll be able to still be connected and be able to fulfill what God's called us to do as a community. And even before we step into uh, hearing God's word, can I just pray and ask God uh, so that he'll reveal himself through his word. Lord, I pray even right now, Lord Jesus, that Lord, even as uh, I share your word, that Lord, you will anoint my words. I pray, Lord, for all those who are listening behind their screens, Lord Jesus, that Lord, there'll be a fresh anointing and a revelation of your word, Lord. Let it come to light, a fresh understanding, Lord, that you'll expand our minds to know who you are, the purpose that you've called us, that Lord, you would... Show yourself, Lord, be with us in your most holy name we pray. Amen. Amen. So the last part of the series, I've titled it as Being a Missional Community. So we've seen uh, so many aspects of what it is to be a community. Like we saw how we have to be a joyful community, how we have to be a humble community, how we have to be a community that shows uh, and speaks in love. And so today we're going to see what it is to be a missional community. And I feel uh, strongly that if we do not understand uh, this aspect that we are called to be a missional community, we'll miss out on all that we've spoken out in the last eight weeks. So in fact, this last part of the series is actually the base in which everything else lies. My heart is that even as we listen to God's word today, that we'll be able to understand what is the mission that he's placed on our lives individually and also collectively as we meet as a church, as a community, what is he calling us to do? And also for us to see what he's collectively doing around the world. Because I strongly feel that he's created all of us to fulfill a mission that he's called us to do. And so even as we dive deep into God's word, let's remember that the minute we hear the word mission, we think, you know what, it's an impossible task. As every organization is mission-minded, God also wants us as individuals to be mission-minded. Mission-minded so that we'll accomplish what he specifically called us to do. And that is true because he's created all of us uniquely. And each of us have a particular mission. Have you ever realized, I mean, have you ever wondered why he's actually placed you in this year, in this century? Why were you born uh, the year you were born? Why were you born into that particular family? Have you ever wondered? You know, when I watch uh, a lot of these uh, old movies set back in the 80s or way back, you know, uh, in the different, um, you know, historic era, you begin to wonder, God, what was the plan, God? Why did you actually think of me or, you know, think of my wife and my kids for this time, for this season? And oftentimes we're just grumbling. We're just, you know, uh, you know, finding fault with the season. 
but if we actually ask god and ask him god can you reveal yourself so that i'll be able to find that mission out we'll soon understand that the plans that he has is bigger is this that we've not really understood or asked of him to see that i'm reminded like a lot of us probably uh, uh, my generation have like you know grown up watching this action movie called mission impossible and this is famous character called ethan hunt only ethan hunt is able to always solve this mission impossible it always the stories are always created around that i mean it's the uh, amount of action that's there it's amazing what he does you know fly off buildings and you know uh, the 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 car just spinning around near the cliff of a mountain all that is amazing but it kind of like gives us this thing like you know what sometimes there are some things that we really intentionally don't undertake thinking it's impossible and that's where god steps in god steps in to say hey when i'm in it nothing is impossible and i'm going to take a reference from luke chapter 1 verse 37 where angel gabriel comes and meets mary you know as we are in the month of october and we are just like a month away from christmas we're going to hear a lot on this story but we fail to understand that there was an impossible situation there mary had the doubt but the angel said with god all things are possible can we read luke chapter 1 verse 37 in nkjv it says for with god nothing will be impossible and i love how it says in the passion translation it says not one promise from god is empty of power for nothing is impossible with god not one promise from god is empty of power so if this god is called us to be a mission minded community nothing is impossible with god to fulfill the mission that he's called us to do and so today you'll be wondering okay why are you talking about missions i thought missions is uh, you know where certain people give up the comforts of living uh, the life that everyone is living around us and they are taken or they take a decision to go to a place yes that is uh, that that is called being called a missionary they take uh, they, are, they are burdened by a particular people group and they go and they be there and they you know showcase the love of christ there but it's just not we remember them once a year or once in a month or you know and just pray for them it doesn't just stop that we are all called to be mission minded in the place god has placed us this is just not for someone else to do it's for everyone to do if you believe that god's created you it's in you to be mission minded and so today we are going to look into two aspects why are we called to be a mission minded community and how are we going to be a mission minded community and so if you let's step into the uh, the first thing why are we called to be a mission minded community we are called to be a mission minded community because god was intentional yes you heard me right god was intentional god was intentional about mission god was intentional about uh, you know saving his people god was intentional about loving his people god was intentional in sending his son to save us and jesus in turn sent uh, the holy spirit so that he'll be with us in every situation and every uh, every step of the way of our life those are all intentional steps and it's important for us to understand that this intentional god loves us also intentionally you know it's not uh, like you know we get to uh, it's like this hashtag or this quote which comes a random act of kindness no god doesn't just do you know sprinkle a few random act of kindness no he's intentional he loves us so much that he comes after us and so today can we look into the scriptures and see how uh we can see this god is intentional and if we can understand that we'll soon realize you know what 
if God is intentional, then I also have to be intentional. I'm going to read from Mark chapter 2, verse 16 to 17. It goes on to say, When the scribes belonging to the sect of the Pharisees saw that Jesus was eating with the sinners, including non-observant Jews and tax collectors, they asked his disciples, Why does he eat and drink with tax collectors and sinners? When Jesus heard this, he said to them, Those who are healthy have no need of a physician, but only those who are sick. I did not come to call the righteous, but sinners who recognize their sin and humbly seek forgiveness. In Genesis, we see that God created man in his own image. Everything was perfect. We had this perfect relationship. But then sin came in. It destroyed that relationship. And from then on, God was intentional. Intentional of restoring that relationship back. So what did he do? He sent his son. And when he sent his son, his son came into this world and saw that, you know what? There are a group of people who are who think they already know God. But there's another group who lived in sin, who still who are still hurting, who still lacked love, who still, you know, wanted hope. And he says clearly in this verse, as we read, that he came for those. How many of us can recall the time when we actually desperately sought God and said, God, I really need you. I need hope. I need life. I need healing. I need something from you. And he showed up. And so Jesus was intentional. And even when Jesus died on the cross, when he rose again on the third day and when he left to heaven, he said, you know what? I'm not leaving you alone. I'm giving you the Holy Spirit. And today we have the assurance of the Holy Spirit that when we call saying, Jesus, I want the Holy Spirit to come into my life, he will come in. And when he comes in, he guides us every step of the way. He is intentional. He's in, in fact intentional in prompting us to do certain things. Intentional about us going someplace, doing something. He does all that. But are we willing to obey? Are we willing to do what he's asked us to do? So when we are, when we see God, what we can see is God in their perfect unity. God, when actually sent, when the father sent his son, there was intentionality, but there was also obedience. So the intentionality comes obedience. Are we willing to obey God and ask like, God, if you're asking me to go here, I'll obey. I'll do what you're asking me to do. As we saw earlier in our first um, part of the series, we are created, we are redeemed, we are transformed for community. All that happens because of some form of intentionality. If you do not want to be a consumer, but you want to be a contributor, it happens because of some form of intentionality. You've decided, you know what? I want to be different. I want to do what God's calling me to do. When you want to be in a joyful community, when you want to bring hope, when you want to be in a graceful community, when you want to have that recurring joy, the resolute joy and the uh, recognizable joy, it all takes intentionality. And then automatically you realize, you know what, you can't do it on your own. You need, to, you need the help of God. And so can we today say, God, if you are intentional about me, I also want to be intentional about who you're placing in my life. I would love to go to this passage which you are all familiar with. Reading from John 1.14 in the Amplified Version, it goes on to say, And the word Christ became flesh and lived among us. And we actually saw his glory. Glory as belongs to the one and only begotten Son of the Father, the Son who is truly unique, the only one of his kind, who is full of grace and truth, absolute free of deception. And the reason why I have taken this is because when... Um, John writes, he says, we saw God himself in flesh. That was their revelation of God. They saw him in flesh and they realized, you know what? He 
didn't come to establish his kingdom. For example, when he came down, he wasn't, you know, uh, Jesus wasn't intentional about acquiring property. He wasn't, you know, intentional about, you know, starting a few deposits here and there and building, you know, building his own financial kingdom. No, he was all about the mission that what he came, uh, what he was sent on this earth to do. And that mission was to save mankind. And all of us know this verse by heart, probably John 3.16. But I'm going to read from the Passion Translation for us to have a better understanding and, you know, probably a fresh understanding of that verse. I'm reading from John 3, verse 14 to 17. It goes on to say, And just as Moses in the desert lifted up the brass replica of a snake on a pole for all the people to see and be healed, so the Son of Man is ready to be lifted up, so that those who truly believe in him will not perish, but be given eternal life. Uh, verse 16 goes on to say, For this is how God loved the world. He gave his one and only unique son as a gift. So now everyone who believes in him will never perish but experience everlasting life. Verse 17, God did not send his son into the world to judge and condemn the world, but to be its savior and rescue it. God was intentional. He didn't come here to point fingers and say, you know what, what you're doing is wrong. No, he just came here to say, you know what, I am the way, the truth and the life. I've come here to love you the way you are. Follow me. And I love how it says in verse 16, he gave his one and only son, unique son as a gift. Um, we just celebrated two birthdays of our kids, you know, and um, as parents, we are intentional about the gift that we get them. We don't just, you know, randomly just get a gift thinking, oh, okay, this is what we are intentional because we know that this gift will make sense in this time at this time. Uh, in this age of theirs. And honestly, all of us value a gift which is intentionally given. We treasure it. Uh, let's say if, you, uh, you know, um, uh, if you're dating a person, you won't just randomly pick up a gift and say, you know what, hey, uh, you know, I love you and this is the gift I want to give you. The other person will be like, you know what, you really don't value me because, you know, it, the the value, the worth, how much you really care for the person is seen in the intentionality you put in getting that gift. And here we can see how intentional God is about this gift that he's given. He gave his only son to this world to die so that we all can be redeemed. And so today, if we have to be this mission-minded community, why are we called to be a mission-minded community? Because God was intentional. So if God was intentional, we automatically will become intentional. So today, if anyone who walks into the doors of our church, into the doors of our community, or who you know gets in touch with us online, we are going to be intentional about it. Intentional not to judge, but intentional for them to see God. Intentional for them to find the love of Jesus so that they'll be able to fulfill all that God has in store for them. Reading from Titus chapter 3, verse 3, it goes on to say, For it wasn't that long ago that we behaved foolishly in our stubborn disobedience. We were easily led astray as slaves to worldly passions and pleasures. We wasted our lives in doing evil, and with hateful jealousy, we hated others. I would encourage us to actually you know, take time later to also continue on reading from verses 4 onwards till 8. I'm going to read it now, but... I would encourage you to read it because uh, it says this is the hymn of salvation of grace. And it's interesting to see how, you know, uh, Paul has penned these words for Titus. And I'm going to read, it says, When the extraordinary compassion of God our Savior and his overpowering love suddenly appeared in person, as the brightness of a dawning day, he came to save us. 
not because of any virtuous deed that we have done, but only because of his extravagant mercy. He saved us, resurrecting us through the washing of rebirth. We are made completely new by the Holy Spirit, whom he splashed over us richly by Jesus, the Messiah, our life giver. So as a gift of his love, and since we are faultless, innocent before his face, we can now become heirs of all things because of an overflowing hope of eternal life. How true and faithful is this message? I want you to especially emphasize these truths so that those who believe in God will be careful to devote themselves to doing good works. It is always beautiful and profitable for believers to do good works. Verse 7, so as a gift of his love, it was his love which was given as a gift. And that, when it's present in today's world, in each and every one of us, causes us to do good works. When we have that faith within us, when it's activated within us, when it's, you know, really working in and through us, our hands and feet start doing good works. We start stepping into places where, there, where there's lack, where people lack, you know, when someone has uh, not been encouraged at all, you go and speak in the word of encouragement. Automatically, they're like, why is this person speaking this word of encouragement? When you start seeing people for the, who they are, because you're not insecure about them, you see them for who God's created them to be. And then you see that you're able to speak life into them. These are ways in which God start opening doors. Today, as a community, we're not waiting for this one big door to open. We are going to take every open door as an opportunity. Which means, you know, uh, back in 2018, at the same time, I think we were preaching, you know, how we can be an effective community. We need to have open doors and we need to have longer tables. Open doors so that we'll invite people in to our very homes. Longer tables so that we'll be able to dine with them and, you know, do life with them. So you might be asking, okay, you've said we have to be a mission-minded community, but how and what is the mission that we are called to be? would love to read from Matthew chapter 20, it was 18 to 20. It goes on to say, Jesus came up and said to them, All authority, all power of absolute rule in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations. Help the people to learn of me, believe in me and obey my words, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe everything that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, remaining with you perpetually, regardless of circumstance and on every occasion, even to the end of age. So we are on a mission irrespective of what our circumstances is. We might be in the middle of a pandemic, we are still on mission. We might be uh, in the season of harvest, we are still in mission. We might be in the season of plenty, we still are in mission. We might be in a season of lack, we still are in mission. That's what God's called us to do. He said, go and make disciples. And today, uh, we think going and making disciples is, you know, um, it, it happens only for a select few. No. If we all say that Jesus is God and Savior over our lives, we are all called to be making disciples. And it will look different for each and every one of us. That is the uniqueness of how and who God has created us to be. Today, none of us do things the same way. None of us speak the same words uh, exactly word to word. None of us react to the situations the same way. As much as God is working in and through us, can we take that and be intentional in the places God has placed us to be? You know, how many of us can be intentional in the place of our work? 
how many of us can be intentional in the places of our family itself many times many of our family members lack love lack hope lack you know uh, the encouragement they need we can be intentional how many of us can be intentional with the people closest to us as friends rather than seeing them as competition and be intentional with what god has called us to be and let not circumstances define you over the last two weeks i got to edit a documentary video of a person who's been sick and it's interesting because these documentary videos kind of like you know as much as i love editing them they also take a toll on me because i get to hear the rawness of what their life is and what they've been through and this person was aspiring to be a pilot at the age of 18 he got his uh, the the first uh, uh license that he had to get for being a pilot and he was all in the way when he suddenly had a blackout and then he realized something was wrong they went into the scan they found a tumor in his brain and then later they diagnosed him with the nf2 uh, disease and he just surgery after surgery his health deteriorated but he believed you know his um he can't even speak so his uh, his vocal cords were damaged and you know he um, uh, he literally is the communication this happens with his breath and as i was editing it i realized that in all the circumstances he's in a wheelchair he's had a 3 year old uh, daughter who's next to him the daughter looks beautiful he says you know what in all of this in all the circumstances that i'm going through he says but god and i it was interesting because that entire um, testimony video which he shared he used the phrase but god but god a lot he saying but god has saved me but god has loved me even before i could finish the video um he uh, passed away he went on uh, to be with the lord but his testimony still continues to encourage and resonate in my spirit because irrespective of the circumstances he was in he was still able to point everyone to say you know what my home is not here you know i would love to have healing because i would love to be there for my wife and my daughter i would love but i also know my home is in heaven and so today we are here temporarily on this earth we are here temporarily uh, placed in different parts of the world where we are called to do life where we are called to do what god's placed us to do let us be intentional and with that intentionally let's actually be mission minded in the place god's placed us to be and now we're going to see how we have to be a missional community because many a times we lack uh, the how aspect and so today even as we heard about why we have to be missional um, sometimes it's like knowledge you know head knowledge like you know what okay it's a good explanation you gave uh, gesham so you know i understand it but it doesn't uh, it's not for me no it is for you the it, this cannot be just a concept or an understanding oh, okay so this is how it works in the christian world no this is how it works for anyone who says jesus is god and who decides to follow jesus and so how can we be missional is very important i would love to look into this life of um, this uh, evangelist uh, in the new testament in the book of acts called philip and how he saw god work in his own life and how he was being mission minded in where ever he went so can we look into acts chapter 8 verses 1 to 8 it goes on to say in niv on that day a great persecution broke out against the church in jerusalem and all except the apostles were scattered throughout judea and samaria 
Godly men buried Stephen and mourned deeply for him. But Saul began to destroy the church. Going from house to house, he dragged off both men and women and put them in prison. Those who have been scattered preached the word wherever they went. Philip went to a city in Samaria and proclaimed the Messiah there. When the crowds heard Philip and saw the signs he performed, they all paid close attention to what he said. For with shrieks, impure spirits came out of many, and many who were paralyzed or lame were healed. So there was a great joy in the city. So Philip uh, was one among the seven who was chosen by the apostles to do God's work. And when persecution arose, Philip actually uh, went to Samaria. And when he went to Samaria, he just didn't go there and, you know, try settling there. He said, he told everyone about Jesus. And in turn, what happens is when uh, Jesus uh, is being accepted and when people are uh, receiving Jesus as their Lord and Savior, when the scales are falling off their eyes, they see healings happen. They see supernatural things happen. And in fact, Philip is one of the primary key person who actually uh, fulfills the great commission, you know, as a forerunner. He steps into Samaria. He goes there. And then he, you can actually see later on, as you're reading on, you'll see, he also takes the gospel. The Holy Spirit prompts him to go and speak to an Ethiopian uh, eunuch who is actually holding a key position in uh, the government there, that he goes to meet him and explain to him a passage he's reading. And can we just read the same passage in Acts chapter 8, verse 26 onwards? Now an angel of the Lord said to Philip, go south to the road, the desert road that goes down to Jerusalem to Gaza. So he started out and on his way, he met an Ethiopian eunuch, an important official in charge of all the treasury of the Kandak. The man had gone to Jerusalem to worship. And on his way, whom was sitting in his chariot, reading the book of Isaiah, the prophet, the spirit told Philip, go to that chariot and stay near it. And he gave orders to stop the chariot. Then both Philip and the eunuch went down into the water, verse 38 onwards, and Philip baptized him. When they came out of the water, the spirit of the Lord suddenly took Philip away and the eunuch did not see him again, but went on his way rejoicing. Philip, however, appeared at Azotus and traveled about preaching the gospel in all the towns until he reached Caesarea. If there's one thing you can look into Philip's life is that he was focused. Focused about the mission that God has placed in his heart and the mission that he's called him to do. And I would love for us to be that mission-minded. So even as persecution arose, he moved into Samaria. He was mission-minded there. As he's doing the work, he still has a listening ear when the Holy Spirit tells him, hey, there's this one person I want you to meet. He obeyed. He stood. He went to that place. And it's interesting that uh, many theologians believe that he is probably one of the first people to actually uh, get in touch with a person to actually reach the African subcontinent with the gospel. So today, being mission-minded, when you're focused, God is going to actually use you in key areas. You might be a forerunner in probably uh, in someone's generation, in fact, or bringing hope into someone's generation or bringing, you know, a change, a transformation in someone's life completely. Can we be as focused as Philip? Philip did not wait actually to the word to go back to the Jerusalem council so he'll get some recognition. No, he went on. In fact, if you read through the end of entire book of Acts, uh, this incident happens in Acts 8. The next you'd hear of Philip only is around in Acts 25, where you actually see Paul goes into Caesarea and he meets Philip and it says, and all his daughters prophesied. And so today, are we waiting for a chapter to be written of all that we've done for God? 
are we going to wait so that people recognize us and the mission that God's called us to do? Are we st- or are we going to do it because we love God? I would like to illustrate focus with an example. Uh, for a lot of us who are actually watching it online, we know that a camera is what we use to record this entire thing. And so there are uh, each camera, you know, uh, is made up of a body and uh, part of an attachment to the camera body is something called as a lens. And so what I have here is a lens uh, with me. So this is not... Uh, so there are different kinds of lenses and we call this a zoom lens okay and so uh, we have another thing called as a fixed lens so fixed lens is basically if i had to stand in one place and use a fixed lens uh, i can only see up to a particular distance you know if i want to see something closer i need to move towards it if i need to see uh, something wider i need to move further away from it you know and uh, this lens is a zoom lens and so if you notice when i turn it up it goes uh, i'm able to zoom in and then when i uh, pull back I'm able to zoom out and so this is the basic function of a zoom lens and many a times um, when we are being led by the Holy Spirit to be this mission-led community we will actually uh, be zoomed in when I say zoomed in a uh, lot of us today when we actually are following what God's called us to do we see uh, the picture in a zoomed in way where in, we are seeing only a particular part of the picture we strive, we, you know, we work hard, we, you know, we till the soil. God then at the same time is working in us, all our insecurities, uh, the love that we uh, fail to exhibit, you know, when we lack grace, he's working in through us. And this is the uh, place where we actually get to really work it out and see God being uh, glorified in and through our lives. But then when we zoom out, we oftentimes get to see this big picture. And when we see this big picture, we understand what everyone around the world are actually doing in God's kingdom. And so today, I would love to encourage you to just not be focused in just what, be zoomed in and be focused in what God's calling you to. But every time listen, because I feel in my spirit strongly that God is going to speak individually uh, to each and every one of us, like how the Holy Spirit did and how he commanded him to go and meet that Ethiopian eunuch. He's going to ask us. And when he does that, oftentimes we'll have to zoom out to understand this is for the kingdom. So even today, when we zoom out and we look at the kingdom and what God is actually doing around everywhere, let us remember we are all part of one body. I'm going to read from Ephesians 4 verse 11 to 13. We also read it last week, but I'm going to emphasize on a particular passage, which I feel is very important. And we, if we miss out on um, understanding this, we'll be striving hard in just building our kingdoms. Uh, Ephesians 4 verse 11 to 13 goes on to say, And he has appointed some with grace to be apostles, and some with grace to be prophets, and some with grace to be evangelists, and some with grace to be pastors, and some with grace to be teachers. And their calling is to nurture and prepare all the holy believers to do their own works of ministry. And as they do this, they will enlarge and build up the body of Christ. These grace ministries will function until we all attain oneness in faith, until we all experience the fullness of what it means to know the Son of God. And finally, we become one perfect man with the full dimensions of spiritual maturity and fully developed in the abundance of Christ. Even as I read this passage, each and everyone has their own work of ministry to do. So let us not just be watching others do their ministry. Let us also be partakers and do the ministry God has called us to do. I would love to leave this last Bible verse as an encouragement for all of us. Isaiah chapter 26 verse 3 in the NIV it says, You will keep in perfect peace 
whose minds are steadfast because their trust is in you. I love how it says in the Passion Translation, it says, Perfect absolute peace surrounds those whose imaginations are consumed with you. They confidently trust in you. And when I looked up this word imaginations, the Hebrew word for it is called yetzer. And the word uh, imagination here, uh, it refers to as a framework of one's reality. And so today, the framework that we need to have uh, of our reality is just not of uh, how I can climb the corporate ladder or how I can you know, be the best in who I'm. Uh, who I am actually am with the skill of my hands, no, or who, who are, or you know, uh, in in terms of our finances we grow, no, that's that's all limiting. But the framework of our reality has to be God. How can we be your hands and feet on this earth? How can we be mission led? Just imagine if each and every one in the community is mission led, automatically the community becomes a mission minded community. We automatically live out that calling, and the beautiful aspect of each of us finding out the mission is we'll be so unique that when we come together, we'll be able to encourage one another. We'll be able to, you know, pray for one another. We'll be able to intercede. We'll be able to ask God for a breakthrough in their own mission that God's actually, where they're struggling, that we'll be able to see breakthroughs happen. So today, let us not limit what God actually is calling us. I would love to read that verse again. Perfect, absolute peace surrounds those whose imaginations are consumed with you, they confidently trust in you. So today, if we have to be focused, our trust has to be 100% in God. Our trust has to be 100% in Jesus. Our trust has to be 100% in the Holy Spirit. And for those of you who are watching, you'll be like, but you know what? I I don't know who this Holy Spirit is, or I don't know who this Jesus is. Jesus is uh, none other than he is the God and Savior of our life. Uh, I want to read this verse from Romans chapter 10, which goes on to say in verses 9 to 10 says, And what is God's living message? It is the revelation of faith for salvation, which is the message that we preach. For if you publicly declare with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will experience salvation. The heart that believes in him receives the gift of righteousness of God and then the mouth gives thanks to salvation. So today, I want to open this time up for you. If you don't know who Jesus is, even as you're probably seated alone behind the screen watching, I would love if you can actually take time to invite Jesus into your heart. I would also love to extend this opportunity for those who probably have made a decision earlier, but then because of life circumstances and because of uh, our own failings or poor choices, we've been distant from God or, you know, or for those of you who feel distant and you know, you, uh, you, you're you saying, you know what, the message spoke to me so much, but I struggle to actually uh, see Jesus or hear the Holy Spirit clearly. You can rededicate your life to Christ. Jesus died on the cross for you and me. He shed his blood so that we both, we all can be redeemed. Entire humanity can be redeemed. And our hope is that when he comes back, we'll spend eternity with him. That is our hope. And when we are on this earth, that we are called to be his light. And so today, can we invite Jesus into our heart? It, as I read the verse earlier, if we publicly declare with our mouth that Jesus is Lord and Savior, he's willing to come and be the Lord and Savior of our life. We don't have to go somewhere or someplace to seek him. He's right there in the room that you're seated right now. And he's willing to come in.
If you're ready to accept Jesus Christ as the Lord and personal Savior, would you repeat this prayer after me? Dear Lord Jesus, I know I am a sinner. I ask that you will forgive my sins. I open my heart. I allow you to be the Lord and Savior of my life. Come into my heart. You are Lord and I believe you have saved me. I believe you died on the cross for me. And I believe on the third day you rose again. We pray this in your most holy name. Amen. Amen. We are so excited that you've made this decision to follow Christ. Remember, you're not alone in this journey. Following Jesus is not meant to be done alone. It's meant to be done together. So if you've made this decision, can you please leave your name and number on the contact details that have been mentioned below in this chat? Or even you can email it to us to this uh, email address or the number that's on the screen. And we would love to get in touch with you. We would love to journey with you. Even if you're in a different city, we would still love to be in touch. So get in touch with us. And church, even as we heard this uh, entire sermon today on being mission-minded, I would love if we can all make this decision and ask God, God, make the mission so clear in my life. For those of us who've stepped away from it because we didn't want to do it, because we felt there are other important things to do, can we all ask for forgiveness and say, God, I want to make this also as part of my to-do list. I want to be intentional about it, as you were intentional. And I also want to be focused so that at the end, it brings glory to your name. Because at the end, someone else will be able to call you as Lord and Savior over their life. So that you will be the hope for someone else, Lord. And so can we take that into our week? Can we take that into our life so that it will become a lifestyle for us? It will be who we are. Can I close this service? Lord, we thank you, Lord, for this time. Thank you, Jesus, that, Lord, we get this opportunity, Lord Jesus. Even uh, we are not able to physically meet, Lord, we've been able to meet digitally and, Lord, hear your word. Even right now, I just pray that, Lord, even as we heard your word, that, Lord, we'll be intentional. Thank you, Jesus, for you were intentional, Lord Jesus. You came down as a sacrifice for us. You bridged the gap and we are saved because of you. We thank you for being intentional, Lord Jesus. And we pray that, Lord, that will start taking effect in us, that we'll be intentional, Lord, in every step of the way, that we'll be intentional with our words, we'll be intentional with our thoughts, Lord Jesus. We thank you. And I pray that, Lord, we'll be focused. Thank you, Lord, for forerunners like Philip who've run, Lord Jesus, the race, that, Lord, we will look to them and that we'll be able to see and learn from their lives and, Lord, apply it into our lives. And I pray for each and every one, Lord Jesus. Lord, may we never discount anyone's mission, Lord Jesus. I pray that, Lord, we will build one another up. I pray that, Lord, as a community, we will run together, Lord Jesus, so that we will be able to journey along and do greater things for you, Lord. I pray that, Lord, you would be upon each and every one of your children, that, Lord, they'll experience you. I pray, Holy Spirit, right now in each and every place that they're watching, that there'll be a fresh anointing over each of your children, Lord Jesus. I pray that, Lord, even as we step out into this coming week, that you would be with us, that, Lord, we would step out in protection, in healing and in strength. I pray that, Lord, we will be, um, Lord Jesus, able to show your love, your grace, and ho bring hope, Lord Jesus, for those who are lacking hope. Take charge, Lord. May you be glorified, honored, and praised. In your most holy name we pray. Amen. Amen. May the love of the Father, the grace of his only Son, Jesus Christ, and the sweet fellowship of the Holy Spirit rest and abide with us now and forevermore. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. 
Go in peace and God bless you all. Thanks for listening to this message. We hope you were blessed. To hear more messages like this, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes. If you like what you are hearing, consider rating us, subscribing and even sharing it with friends. That would really help us. For more content from We Are Zion and to connect with us, go to wearezion.in. Remember, whoever finds Jesus finds life.